Hi, everybody. Due to increased popular demand, two people asked for this, too. <laughs> You're back with the shameless skinny and spicing hot royalty. That's right. I am here to break down Oprah's tell-all interview with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. I thought about introducing him as Meghan's husband, but he does deserve a little bit of credit here. He gets a Prince Harry. By the time I finished watching this, my heart was beating so hard for this couple. I am calling for justice for the Duke and Duchess of Sussex and justice for baby Archie. Before we jump into the details of what you need to know, I have to introduce my lovely friends who have joined me. I really felt like lovely was the appropriate adjective to use here because you are, but also it seems fancy and British. So I, agree. I like it. Thank you guys for joining me. So today we have my friend Dana Kravitz, lifelong friend, who is equally as invested as I am in this couple. We did have a party for the royal wedding when Meghan yeah. and Harry got married a couple years ago. That party did only consist of me, Dana, and her mom. <laughs> I made scones and they had British flags in them and they are memorable to at least me. Hi, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I You're did welcome. use that as an anecdote when I was watching this one with two friends, this event with two friends, and I did not sleep the night after. Yeah, were you? I was, it was, it was angering. I was just like going over it in my mind and I'm a therapist, but it's not like I don't hear like crappy stuff all the time. I was ruminating about this. <laughs> so I'm really glad that you joined. We also have like the best sisters joining us. Cassidy Colbert has been on the podcast before early on in quarantine when we talked about TV to binge, because let's be honest, all Cassidy and I ever want to talk about is TV and celebrities. So she had Sean Mendez thrown in, but that's yes. Please plug Sean Mendez. Also, when I was thinking about you being on the podcast and how you would be like a good addition to the podcast because you're a good DJ, it was reminding me of like Hillary Burton's early VJ days on TRL. You're welcome. You're welcome for that compliment. Thank you so much. I would love to be her. Yes. Also, you do have your own podcast coming out. Plug your pod. What you, what's up? What's up with that? Please plug. Uh, I I don't have anything really. <laughs> I'm getting pictures taken this weekend so Taylor can make me a website next week and then my first episode is done but now I have to learn how to edit when I have two people's voices on it so it's going to take me a little bit so maybe by what's it about it's about um life and growing up when you have a chronic illness and just how the shit kind of hits the fan and you kind of go from there well I'm looking forward to listening can we say shit yes you can say whatever the fuck you want (laughs) And last but not least, Taylor Kelly, another newbie to the pod and best-selling author. I love introducing you as a best-selling author because one, you are in that fucking rocks, but two, <laughs> it makes me feel more famous because you are low-key famous and that rocks too. You've so, had a couple of um, pictures that have made my Instagram because you took my book with you to St. Kitts, remember? Yes, I did. So your book travels. Now's your chance to plug your books to my 10 listeners. <laughs> oh, yes. You're I have a book coming out next week. That yeah, I what is it? Remembered. Um, it's the first book in my new mafia romance series, and it's called The Rook. I do um, my own book title. This is the best book that Taylor has ever written, and it's also my favorite book of all time. And I read probably like four books a week, so that's big coming from Holy me. Shit. So just read it. She's my sister slash publicist. Yes. No, she wrote I'm this book not. ten years ago, and she wrote this book ten years ago, and I had to call her at school. When she was in college like screaming at her because of how she ended it so read it <laughs> i love the mafia and i have read one of your books she has i gave it to her 
and it's, it was really good. It's a fan club. <laughs> we have a fan club going on. Wait, you guys were telling, I think Cassidy was telling me that you were watching The Sopranos because you're into the mafia now. Is that still a thing? Yeah, we, like, my dad has always been into the mafia stuff, and we've always been into, like, Goodfellas is, like, one of my favorite movies, but I, when Sopranos was on, we were, like, way too young. I was too young, so you were definitely too young yeah. to watch it, and I was just sitting here the other day, like, I, I'm, like, writing a whole mafia series, and I've never watched The Sopranos, so we started it. I think we're still in the first season, but. It just got to the good stuff when, like, we found out that the, like, that the FBI is involved, and we're, like, ooh, all right, now it's about to go down. Yeah. I never watched The Sopranos, but my dad recorded over my parents wedding video by accident with an episode of the surprise oh my god so it's like their vows and then it's like some dudes getting shot and then like it picks up an hour later like at the party when everyone's dancing oh it's funny because kids these days will never have to know like the The horrors of like taping over something yeah so now's also my chance while we're talking about Taylor, my to point out that Taylor's daughter, Layla, is I feel destined to fall in love with Archie Harrison. Like <laughs> we're really working on this. I just wanted to put that out there. I want everyone that's listening to help manifest this for us. Like they're a perfect match. Both born, what was it, the summer of 2018? They were both were born. 19. 19. They're, they're like a month apart. They're and you called apart. it like the second Archie was born. You you called this. So if, if it happens, it's it's because of you. Thank you. Um, I just think that we really need to instill this belief in Layla from the start. I will let you know that she when she's like the other day I was scrolling through Instagram and the picture of him came up and she goes, oh baby. She she does say that for every baby, but it was a little bit of a hype, like more excited baby. Like a flirty baby. A flirty baby. Like when she when JJ from Cocomelon comes up, she goes. Oh, but when Archie, she was like, oh, <laughs> she knows. Yeah. Bar. Yeah. So I'm really manifesting that for us. And I want everyone else to manifest that as well. Unfortunately, Guillaume is not joining us today. Oh. Guillaume's my co-host. Um, when I asked him if he was interested in being educated on this subject, he replied, I'm out. I want the Revolutionary War to have meant something. So oh. <laughs> love that. So back to the point of why we're all here. Megan and Harry spilled some tea in a tell-all interview with Oprah last Sunday. I'm going to detail everything we learned from the two of them, but I also wanted to take a moment to detail a little bit of royal history for you. Because I feel like everyone knows about Megan and Harry, but they will say like, I don't know enough about it or like any background. So here's the background. The British monarchy, I did I did a whole Wikipedia reading today. The British monarchy is currently run by Queen Elizabeth II. There's obviously many more years of history before her, but for time's sake, we're starting with Queen Elizabeth. When Elizabeth was born, she was the third in line for the throne after her uncle and her father, and she was not actually expected to become queen when she was born. So I think that's a fun fact. When her grandfather, King George V, died, her uncle became next in line, but then he abdicated the throne after proposing to a divorced British socialite. I thought that was also a fun fact. I like know this and I don't, I watched a, I like recorded like the History Channel did a whole thing on the Windsors over quarantine and I recorded it and watched it. And when this part came up, it blew my mind. I was like, wait a second, because he abdicated and then gave it to her daddy and he didn't really want the throne either, but he had to take it over because he's like William in this scenario. Yeah. I really know this because of the crown and also there's like a made for TV movie about it. So <laughs> like 
No. <laughs> um, I didn't watch The Crown, so I'm glad that you watched that. You bring that nice background. <laughs> um, so yeah, he abdicated the throne and her father became next in line. And then she became queen in 1952 when her father died. Fun fact, on my birthday. <laughs> a lot of people ask me if Queen Elizabeth has a husband and why she's in charge. And my response to that is, why the heck not? But actually, the answer is what I just explained. She's actually part of the royal bloodline and her husband is not. But this chick is fully capable of running the monarchy. And that's something that deserves to be celebrated. Nobody needs a king. Anyways, she's married to a guy named Philip, who was actually the prince of Greece and Denmark. Don't ask me how that works. <laughs> and they're second cousins. Weird. They're that. But nonetheless... Elizabeth and Philip got married and had four kids, Charles, Anne, Andrew, and Edward. We now know Charles as William and Harry's father, and Andrew as the guy who did shady shit with Jeffrey Epstein. I don't quite know. I didn't watch the Jeff Jeffrey Epstein doc. I just know that he's a bad dude, and Prince Andrew is somehow involved. Yes. Because um, of the sweating. What? There's apparently this thing where one of them has like a condition where they sweat a ton okay which one, one of my clients told me this like prince andrew yeah i think it's him so they have this condition where they sweat a ton and he said oh no i i was never there but then one of the girls was like oh no he definitely was because i remember he was sweating a ton Ew. Ew. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe that's what remembered him because of the sweating. Maybe that's what happens when you're the child of incest. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so yeah, around 40 years ago, Charles met Diana Spencer, who we now know today as Princess Diana, but she was a commoner when they met. She was actually only 16 at the time that they met, and she met Charles because he was actually dating Diana's sister. I thought that was a fun fact. Not quite sure of the details, how he swapped from one sister to the other, but Charles began courting Diana and they were engaged to be married by the time that she was 20 and she became the people's princess. I think that's why she was so like desirable to us, Cassidy. Like yes, we, we she, was that she was normal. So cool. And like, I remember like I was just reading up on her to refresh my memory and like how cool that she was like a normal person. Like she was a nanny, kind of like how Megan worked at Humphrey Yogurt. Humphrey Yogurt. Humphrey Yogurt, like very normal. And also Kate, who I'm kind of in the shit house with her right now, but I used to like her, but she also worked for her parents' like party company. We're going to get into my feelings on Kate. <laughs> They're not good. But basically, yeah, she became the people's princess. And then within the first five years of their marriage, they had two sons, William and Harry, but some problems started arising. The main one being that Charles couldn't keep his dick in his pants and he was most notably fucking around with his old girlfriend, Camilla. And then there was some other side chicks involved, but Camilla was the main one. We really don't like her. Diana was unhappy. She also had an affair with the family's riding instructor. I didn't know that. So I thought that was a bit of a fun fact as well. But yeah, all around, they did not want to be together anymore and went through the process of getting a divorce. Cassidy, was Prince Charles not being able to keep his dick in his pants in your Lady Die project? Yes, it was. And the and the writing instructor was in my project as well. I found that out in the children's book that I got about Princess Diana from the library that she was having an affair with her writing instructor. I really appreciate the, that they did not shield you from the truth. <laughs> You're a very educated sixth grader. 
Yes, I was. My project definitely got me 100%. I'm really proud. I'm impressed. So yeah, with their personal relationship, like in the shitter, Charles and Diana also dealt with the British media up their assholes, printing crazy shit about them day and night until eventually in 1997, Diana was fleeing from a ton of paparazzi that was chasing her and her car crashed into a pillar of an underpass, killing her and her then fiance, who was also in the car. So had a very sad ending. At her funeral, Diana's brother stated that after leaving the royal family, Diana became the most hunted person in modern age. So as we move forward and refer to history repeating itself, this is what we're talking about. Switching gears back to Meghan and Harry. Um, Oprah. I fucking love Oprah. Like, there are a lot of tweets about how, like, everybody is now rediscovering Oprah. Do you guys, like... Can I tell you something that's funny? What? You're talking about your sixth grade biography project. My sixth grade biography project... Was on Oprah? Oprah. That's awesome. And it's to talk about a lot of her her rapes and things as a child, too. So we were both exposed. We were exposed in sixth grade. (laughs) Yeah, she went through a lot. I didn't know like a bunch of old news clips were resurfacing that she like got us got her start in Baltimore on the news. Like a true she and I thought that she was from Baltimore saying it was like she was saying Baltimore on the newscast. And I was like, that's how people in Baltimore say it. So is she from here? How did I not know that? But she was actually from somewhere else. (laughs) So it wasn't as exciting. (laughs) But yeah. Um, Megan spoke with Oprah alone for the first hour and that's I don't know if that was publicized or not if it was I didn't know no but I thought that was so cool of him to like let her speak her own truth about it before he even had any like because he's yeah he lets her be her own person we love Harry yeah so I wasn't necessarily expecting that but I like really valued that time with just Megan she talked about like quite a few things by herself but she talked about how she actually had and still has a positive relationship with the queen, whatever that may be. The comparisons between herself and Kate within the media. She made a dad joke about the avocado story, which showed her personality and how she felt like the firm wasn't protecting her image as they would for other members. When asked about the story of her making Kate cry, that just like made me laugh. She said the reverse happened and she was actually being vilified by that story, which I thought was interesting. I love when everyone was like the reverse, like that was like such a dramatic, I was like, of course it happened. Like, I I believe that. Yeah. And I I think a lot of like attention is being put on that story when it honestly, it's just not that important. It's not important. It wasn't that important. Things. It's not. Um, so she said that Kate apologized and she noted her disappointment that no one would go on the record defending her for the truth. Can I ask you guys how you feel about Kate? Cassidy kind of brought it up, but like, what is everyone's general? How do they feel? I used to love her. I was also upset because I've just been obsessed with the royal family for forever. And then like, I also liked that she was kind of like a people's person. And I watched the Lifetime movie when it had Camilla Luddington, who is Joe from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, from Grey's Anatomy. And she played her. And then it made me feel bad for her when she's like drunk in the bathtub and she was sad because they were calling her Lady Katie. But then when you compare it to Megan now, you're like, wow, that's just terrible. Like, come on now. But when she like actually became the princess and you kind of, she just kind of looks like a bitch now. I just get that vibe. But I also did listen to her last year. She was on a podcast and like, it was like a mommy podcast. Kate was? Yeah, Kate was. Wow. She, she started this whole 
like thing in England and they sent out kind of like with their census, a whole thing with like to moms, new moms and trying to find, and just like old moms too, trying to just like find out about their mental health and stuff. So I thought that was kind of interesting, but she was talking about like being a parent and kind of deep things. And I was like, wait, maybe she does have a soul, but she with like her with Megan, I get bad vibes. So I'm team Megan. I just get the feeling that they're all pretty unhappy. And like, I think, I don't think she's a bitch. I just think she's pretty like stone cold. Cause like, what else? Are you, I mean, maybe she is a bitch, but I guess I just think of it as like, she's very vanilla because like, that's what's easiest to be. Cause you might as well just like blend in and not like get the press upset. Do I remember correctly that didn't the paparazzi get like a naked picture of her, something like a topless picture when they were on vacation somewhere? I think so. I have not heard that story. Yeah, it was like, it was, I was like their honeymoon or something. Yeah, because I was listening to one of their clips today, and t- they were like talking about like them hunting you down when you're on vacation and stuff. And I was like, wasn't it Kate that they were like in some villa and they got like a, a shot from like a mile away or some shit mm-hmm. of her and she was topless on their honeymoon, like at the house or something? I would love to follow up on that. I am going to follow up on that. Like, I oh. had. Wasn't she also kind of like they had pictures of her like partying or whatever before when she was like a young person and like that was a big deal in college. Yeah. As much as I like love following the Royal family and their drama, I want to state on the record that I've always felt a little bit off about Kate. Like I was very excited about the Royal, the old Royal wedding. We watched it in my first and second periods in high school and it was very, it was a fun day, but I, know, I feel like this is how some people feel about Megan, but I love Megan. I just feel like Kate is a little bit off and she just kind of seems a little bit shady, but maybe the way that Dana was saying is that like, she's just part of the system now and she just goes along with it, which I guess also makes sense. And I feel bad for, but I don't trust her. And there, there's no way that she's as perfect as everyone is making her out to be. When you brought up that she was a commoner, that was like actually one of the things that I didn't like about her because I feel like the media really tried to frame like, oh, she's also a commoner and compare her to Diana. But she was born into a family with a boatload of money, like millions of dollars. So like, yeah, she was working for her parents, but she also has like a huge inheritance. And I feel like she was lying about being poor and that really didn't sit right with me. Maybe actually, I want to take that back. I'm not sure that she was blatantly lying about being poor, but she definitely wasn't commenting on it or correcting that narrative, which we're now realizing is a pattern in the British media. But also, this is just very petty of me. Her name is Catherine with a C and she spells Kate with a K. And that is just the most annoying thing to me personally. When you start off with a misleading name, I don't trust you. (laughs) How does that work? No, like, I've never actually thought of that before. And I've, yes, now that you say it, it really is actually really concerning. <laughs> How does that work? Like who decided, oh, her name's going to be Kate with a K. Is it her mom? Was it her? I don't know. Is, is Kate with a C a thing? I feel like it could, it could be. be. I don't know. If you want to name your daughter Kate, name her Kate. Or if you want to name her Catherine and call her Kate, name her Catherine with a K. I just think it's suspicious that it's a C. <laughs> I agree. So yeah, another like small point I found interesting before we get into like the deeper stuff I found interesting was that Megan didn't receive any type of like formal training 
princess lessons. And I don't know like why I was so shocked about that. Did you guys think that she like had those? In the movie, in the Kate, in the Kate and William movie, Camilla Luddington goes through the training. And it was because of that, that I learned that when I get out of a car, if I'm wearing a skirt or a dress, my legs need to be together because that's how they get crotch shots. Cause the paparazzi are always hounding me, you know, <laughs> I like, honestly, like they just threw her into the wolves. And that really, that part I was first was the first moment when I was like, what the fuck? Like nothing. They don't teach her how, like when, when princess Mia was tied to the chair. Yeah, when she goes, goes, it's not like in the movies, guys. I was like, everyone knows you're referring to Princess Diaries. Thank you so much for for bringing that up because it's it's what we're all thinking. (laughs) Yes, I know the Duchess of Sussex and the Princess of Genovia are not nearly the same thing. But I truly believe that if Anne Hathaway could have given, could have at least- Julie Andrews. (laughs) Yeah, or Julie Andrews. Somebody could have at least given Meghan Markle a few pointers after all that training that they went through. Like, come on, at least give the gal a Joe. <laughs> a Joe. A Joe. Like, Joe would have protected her. Would have, Joe yeah. would have handled that. He would have handled it. So, back to the like larger reveals. One of Meghan's biggest reveals from the first hour was about her mental health. Megan stated that after she left the house, she stated that when she was pregnant, she left the house only twice in four months because the royal family told her she needed to stay out of the public eye. And yet we were reading like all about Megan and Harry and their baby and their day to day pretty much everywhere. Their fairy tale life, like it was printed, like even here. I don't know how it is over there across the pond, but I like, I feel like. I was very invested and I was reading the news like all the time. And I was shocking to me that she only left her house twice in four months and we were getting this amount of content about her. So she said that while it seemed like she was living in a fairy tale in reality, she couldn't have been lonelier. And that made me sad. Me very sad for her. So she admitted to Oprah that during her pregnancy in the midst of struggling with her new life, she became suicidal. And she told Harry that she didn't want to be alive anymore. And if that she was left alone, she feared that she would hurt herself. So Oprah asked Megan why she didn't seek help or if she sought help. And Megan replied that she actually did request to go somewhere for help, but the quote institution said no. The firm and the institution are names for the royal family and the officials that work within the monarchy. And she was told by them that it, quote, wouldn't be a good look for the family. I just want to pause right here. Wouldn't be a good look for the family. Are they insane? Like, they're insane. I, like, would a death by suicide of a pregnant woman be a preferred look for the family? This is just so vile to me. I just was confused. Like also like they have a ton of money. Like it just seemed like money was a shortage, which is just like confusing. Like we can't have security. We can't have a therapist come in. Like I'll come do it. Like what? You yeah. can't like bring somebody in to come help her? My question too, like why do you have to take her anywhere? Like you, you're telling me they don't have like doctors 24 seven on call or, that are probably inside of or the Or you can't tell them. me that like they couldn't 
put her into one of the thousands of bedrooms that they have in one of their palaces and have a doctor come there like if she needed to I know but like not to her own house but like send her somewhere else too and like they probably have a hospital built into the or honestly why don't they have a hospital built into the house I don't know much about it but like I'm sure that they have like medical equipment and shit like Prince Philip is on his last leg there's no way that he's been living in that house without help (laughs) it was so bizarre to me and then okay so to talk about the suicide issue one we're dealing with like pregnancy and postpartum so like that's like very normal to feel depressed unfortunately even suicidal and also there's like a whole like basically everyone that's come out of this family has gone to on oprah or to whoever and said that it sucks and they were very very depressed um, so it's not like it's a just her that's saying like this brought me to the edge of depression to like the point and one thing that really stuck out to me which like when you're doing a suicide assessment basically you look for some you look for a few things so you look for somebody having thoughts just like oh I'm depressed like I want to like I don't want to leave my house whatever I want to just go away then you think you look for a plan which is like how you're going to do it. And then you look for intent. So it's those three things. So intent, like when you're going to re- do the plan. And so when she's, I heard her say one thing, she was like, I was having thoughts and I knew how I was like, she had made a comment about how she was going to do it, not saying what she was going to do, but that she knew what she was going to do. And that stuck out to me. I just was looking up Diana once again, before we started and I read that she, when she was pregnant with William, threw herself down a flight of steps. And she said that because she felt so inadequate in their life, in their family life. And I just read that. And that's why I freaked out a little while ago. Cause I was like, wait a second. Like she, well, also, herself, yeah, like, wait, what? And then I thought with the Megan thing, I thought it was very interesting how she said like she had been having the thoughts and struggling, but she didn't want to tell Harry because he had been through so much pain and loss already I thought that just like really showed her character too it really she, did she was having she was so dark in her own head but she was still caring about the people around her yeah I just cannot think of like a more unsafe environment for an expecting mother like the fact that they couldn't give her any doctors or any support like that just seems insane and these people are supposed to be her family And that's like the twist of it all, that the monarchy comes first. And it sounds like they didn't care whatsoever. But yeah, out of like all of the reveals that we're going to talk about today and all the shit that people are saying post-interview, the main point I want to get across is that you don't get to decide if someone else or someone is or was suicidal. Like that's not (laughs) not subjective. It's not up for discussion. And I'm, I'm hearing a lot of people being like, oh, woe is me, like all this stuff. She just wants like, you don't get to have an opinion on that. That makes you a shitty person. Like that just, that's what I get out of that. So I just wanted to say that. But yeah, so all the people are saying that she's like doing this for money and crying about her personal family business and fame and attention, like stop. Yes, I'm a fan of Megan's and this podcast will likely lean in the direction more towards supporting her, but either way, it doesn't matter. 
I'm just really sick of hearing her talked about poorly when she bravely chose to tell her story. I think that's courageous. I agree. And I think that for a lot of people, seeing someone like her, like come out and say that she was feeling that way too, is probably like a big, like, wow, like it's okay to talk about that kind of thing, which is huge. Yeah. So the next big thing that was discussed was that the Royal family is fucking racist. Like, calling me not surprised. (laughs) Like who would have thought everyone? (laughs) Megan said that when she was pregnant, concerns about how dark her baby's skin color may be was a topic of conversation brought up to Harry and they declined to reveal who made the comment, but said that it would, would be very damaging to the person. It was Charles or William. My money's on Charles. Like, come on, bro. You're the child of incest. Do you really have room to comment? Also, your dad is purple. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, to me, what's what's annoying me is that everyone's being like, who said it? Who said it? Who said it? She said, um, she said multiple conversations. And then Oprah said there was a conversation. And then Megan said multiple conversations. So these weren't, it wasn't just one person. Like maybe it was one person in the royal family that was bringing it up, but it was this firm that were, it was brought up in a meeting. It wasn't brought up in like a conversation of just two people. It was in a meeting of PR trying to figure out if it was going to be damaging for the family to have somebody in their family who had darker skin. So it wasn't in the idea of like, oh, I'm worried your kid's gonna have darker skin. It, it was an idea of how the darker skin was gonna make the family look and talking about that as a marketing issue for yeah. family. That's racist. That's not just one person being racist. They're all racist. I don't think it matters to have a conversation about oh, who said it, who said it. Like it, it was said in a meeting. All of them are racist. You're right. It was brought up multiple times. I'm. I feel like multiple people said it. I don't know, but it, it shouldn't matter who said it. It's the fact that it was said at all and that it was said to Harry. She said that it was said in his vicinity and then maybe it was said to him at a later time. And then he shared that with Megan. And I think that's crazy. But yeah, my money's on Charles. <laughs> that was one of my like big takeaways from watching it because my husband is biracial and our kids are biracial. And I, afterwards I, I said to Cassidy that I felt like Harry and I could bond over a lot of stuff. Cause I, I really liked how he kind of acknowledged that like before he was with her, he was just like blissfully ignorant to all of that and didn't really have to ever worry about it or think about it. And then he like, you know, he said pretty much the second he got with her that he realized like how bad it was. And and then you, it's just like that kind of like, as the white parent, you think about stuff that like your kids will have to go through, depending on how dark their skin is that you never will have to go through, or will never actually be able to understand on like a firsthand basis. So I just thought that was just like a really good point that he brought up. And it's like something that, you know, Archie and the new baby will deal with that William and Kate's kids never will. Yeah. Or anybody else in the Royal family so far. Yeah, it was quite unfortunate. And unfortunately, the racist undertones did not stop at that. Archie didn't have a photograph taken, an official photograph taken when leaving the hospital, which is apparently a royal tradition that dates back to when Charles and Diana brought William home. I was actually thinking about that um, because I remember when Kate like stood up on the balcony and waved and wore her blue dress and held her baby 
And we didn't get one of Megan, but we got the like official, was, was it like a week later when she was standing with baby Archie and Harry? I think it was his baptism, wasn't it? But then wasn't there something else fishy with the baptism? Like the queen or someone didn't show, didn't someone important didn't come to Archie's baptism. Yeah. So it's just like, they weren't asked to take a picture. I thought it was so interesting because the media made it seem like Kate and, or not that Megan and Harry didn't want to. And I remember like being like, oh yeah, you go girl. Like take away their little stupid ass traditions. That's but now I thought, I was like, I don't want somebody looking at me. Like, yeah. Leave her alone. It was, eight, it was like six hours one time after she had the baby, they made her go and stand there. Like that shouldn't be humanly possible. It's not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that bitch is wearing a diaper. She's yeah. wearing a diaper under that dress. So right. Enjoy. Olivia, you saw me right after I had a baby. <laughs> that is not humanly possible. So the baby was really cute. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna, um, well, I guess she won't be a princess, but you know, <laughs> you know, American version of it. Yeah, so they weren't asked to take a picture. And then they were told that baby Archie would not receive a royal title, which was very interesting. And I didn't know this point that without a royal title, they don't qualify for security. Like they're not members of the royal family, which is just fucking insane. Like you actually, like people were asking, like, do Prince George and Charlotte, what is the third one's name? Lewis? I actually can't remember his name at all. I think it's Lewis. I want to say Louis. That's probably how they pronounce it. Yeah, I think it's Louis. <laughs> they all have titles. And Megan and Harry did say like, it wasn't super important for Archie to have a title, but it became important when they didn't receive security or help from the palace and they would have to pay for this out of pocket. Like that's quite ridiculous to me as Dana was saying previously I'm sure they have boatloads of money it just seems very odd that they're not covering their great-grandchild the queen's great-grandchild that was like my other takeaway and I have to I have to jump off her um, author duties but that was my my other big takeaway from this was like at what point do you like not care about all the like technicalities of being royal and just be a grandmother and a great-grandmother mm-hmm. and say hey that's still my family and I want to make sure they're safe like Dig it out of your own pocket if if it doesn't qualify for them, you know, like or don't cut him off so that he can afford it himself. But there's there's a lot there that, like, it's it's like the being royal, like the bloodline is more important to them than the actual than family. actually being their family. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Bye, Taylor. Thank you for <laughs> thanks for having me. I loved seeing you, even if it was only for a short time. I'll be back once I meet my next deadline. Okay. Okay. <laughs> when Megan was talking about how, when she first went to go meet the queen and like Eugene and Harry were like, do you know how to curtsy? And she was like, haha, they thought they were kidding. She's like, this is your grandma. And they're like, she's the queen. Like, I thought that was like Megan making that point. Like, no, they take this shit seriously. Like it's not granny. It's the queen, her majesty. Like that, that, that is um, the titles come before the family. Yeah. And that you do it in private. Yeah. I'm surprised at that. I just thought that was, I mean, I was surprised as well. Like, obviously she's the queen and you treat her with respect as you should anyone's grandmother. But the fact that like, she's the queen over being a grandmother, I find quite interesting. But I also would be intrigued to know if that is her preference or if that is like the people around her. Like, cause Harry says that like, they get guidance and advice. And if it's those people saying no, they have to do this to you because you are the queen. Like if it's someone else 
telling them like you guys are not allowed to be like a normal family behind closed doors so I was actually really intrigued by that and I was very curious that Harry did say that she the queen has some advisors that he believes are giving her bad advice and at what point like the queen is the queen Mm -hmm. I know the firm are like the officials and everyone supporting the monarchy but wouldn't the queen be at the top doesn't she get to make the ultimate decision like an overpower whatever bullshit monarchy rule there is like should she see fit I feel like that's when it goes into like the royal family is literally just for show and they don't actually have any power in like the way things kind of go anymore I'm just so curious like who are these bad advisors I what? think that she's 99 years old. And I think that- 99? What? Is she 99? Yeah, she's like really fucking old. She's not that old, I don't think. I think that Philip is though, actually. Like- Philip is. She, I don't know. But yeah. I just think that maybe she just not all with it. And so with that, she really, I don't think probably has. Based on what they were saying, they kept saying like, oh, our grandma's like really supporting us. Like the queen's really supporting us. So if she's supporting you. And- she's 94 and he's 99, sorry. Yeah, so she's 94. 94. So I just have a feeling That's that, true. that uh, her say-so is not really in it anymore. And she's just a figurehead and they don't want the other guy to be king because he's a fuck and he's in the media and all this stuff is going on. So they're keeping her going. And she's still alive, so she's still the queen, but I don't think she's making making any decisions. That was something that I found interesting. So when I also learned all about Princess Diana is that the queen tried to make it so that Charles would not be able to be king. She tried to make it so that it would go straight to William. She did not want Charles, her own child, to be king because he was such like a, because he cheated on Diana and like, because she liked Diana at first. Um, and so like that kind of stuff. And then I thought it was really interesting that Camilla was never mentioned. And they did not like Camilla because she was the slut that he was cheating on Diana with and everything. Like the people of England hated her because she was one that did that and everything. And so I thought it was really interesting that she was not brought up at all. And she has been their stepmom for like 30 something years. Yeah. So like, where is she? I don't know. And when I was researching, I didn't have a bunch of background on Charles or Camilla but when I was researching Princess Diana, I was reading about, and I knew Camilla was the person that he had an affair with, but I didn't know that there was also others like mm-hmm. that. Like I think William's nanny was one of them, his baby nurse. And I wonder how Camilla felt about that. Like she wasn't the only other woman. I Maybe she was in the end. Maybe the other ones for, were first. I'm not quite sure. But when we talk about Charles having his affairs, like Camilla was the one that he ended up with, but I wonder if he's loyal to her or if it's just like a figurehead, if she's also just a figurehead and they just like had to get together for the sake of the public image. That's actually very interesting too. Yeah, I, I don't know. So yeah, we have this like mental health crisis being ignored and these racist undertones and actions being taken. It's no wonder they needed to step back. Like it's also worth noting that this narrative of this was always Megan's plan is false. Like both Megan and Harry stated that they intended to be full working members of the Royal family and were committed to making it work. Um, But once the family started blatantly not supporting them, they had to protect themselves first and foremost, or as Harry expressed, history would repeat itself. 
And that was the saddest part to me. And that was the point where when people say like, oh, they're crying, woe is me. Like, no, this already happened before. And this man is genuinely just a man trying to protect his wife and his kid. And that is like an honorable thing to do. And the fact that like people are complaining about that is to me ridiculous. I thought that it was, I saw a tweet that said, Harry is the husband Diana deserved. And I said, yes, like that is so true. Like what he's doing. I thought that was so amazing. And then the Megan's plan thing. I thought that at one point they said how, when she, when like they first started dating and stuff, there were conversations about how maybe she should continue to act Yeah, like that. And I was like, wait a second. So that they, was- they never were going to fully accept her because they wanted her to be continue to do things because like they were just like no she doesn't belong here and how she was I guess the one that had to like she was like no she said I gave up everything because I love him like she was 100% on board yeah so they decided when shit wasn't working out and this made sense to me but I actually didn't know any of this like there's levels of like tiers of the royal family obviously like they're in line for the throne so they're in the first tier they're more in the immediate family but they were like, we decided to step back and we were still intending to be members, working members of the royal family and supporting them. But we just like stepped down to become like a second tier level and not be as active, but keep our roles and stay on the, stay in the premises. I don't know where they live, but they lived around the palace and they fully intended to like keep going until the family just like, kept not supporting them like I'm surprised and Megan did say this now that I'm thinking about it I'm surprised they lasted as long as they did Mm -hmm. like she was like how can they expect us not to say anything after the way that we've been treated they had a perfect princess given to them on a silver platter she's beautiful she could make new waves and like like modernize the monarchy really like they had a way to do that and they fucked it up. Like they just totally discounted her from the start. And I think the mental health aspect too, because that's a huge thing that especially like Harry, like that's his whole big thing is the mental health stuff. And to like have somebody who was struggling and for them to think that would look bad for the, like for the family, that would have been so helpful. I think for the family, especially with like our generation to be like, wow, like someone talking about like someone prominent talking about their mental health issues, because we all have them and stuff like that. Like could have been huge for them but they just are too stuck in the old 1800s let's colonize people ways yeah so it wasn't like they were trying to quit but they stepped back and in doing so they were they needed to leave britain and they decided to move to a royal property in canada which i guess is a british territory i don't know the territory rules and all that but i found that quite interesting they had a place they were given to live in Canada and they had security. And after a year of living in Canada, they tried to kind of work more things out with the royal family. And they were given notice that Harry would soon lose his personal security detail altogether in a very short period of time and was being cut off financially, which I thought was absolutely bonkers. Like, 
cut off financially from the royal family. This man, I mean, he has worked his whole life. So I don't want to say he's never worked a day in his life. Like he has dedicated his whole life to this career of being royal. And the fact that like he just gets cut off, I'm sure he didn't have a bank account. Like, I don't know how royals, like, do you think he has a wallet with a credit card that he, he pays bill? I don't think so. I think everything is done for him. So I'm finding it quite interesting that he was cut off from the family. Like he had no, absolutely no money. And I don't know how much Meghan Markle was worth pre-royal marriage and like where all her money went because she was talking about how everything was taken away from her. So I'm just very interested in like how they did that. Like, are they giving her her bank accounts back? Like, how does I was wondering too, because where is all of her money? Because she had money. Like she definitely had millions from her acting. Like she was on suits for a long time. Like she definitely had money. So what happened to her money? Why did they not have anything? Harry mentioned that he had money from his mother and thank God that he had that because that was what they needed to be able to support themselves. So I looked up how much Diana had and she left William and Harry together $30 million. So assuming they each get half, he had 15. But when you think about like how much buying a house in LA, like that's probably, I don't know how much house, like maybe like $5 million. And then like the amount of security, I don't know how much security costs, but you probably need 24 seven security. Like that money's going to run out eventually. But he stated how grateful he was for the money his mother left him. And that's what they needed to find a new place as COVID was starting. And they brought, they brought up COVID. I didn't consider this at all. Like I was like, oh, that timeline makes total sense. But mm-hmm. I just thought like, oh, they were Jen in Canada. They're coming to LA now. But he brought it up like as COVID was starting, they no longer had ties to the royal family or to Canada. They were being cut off. So they needed to find their own house. And they decided to move up to LA out of fear that the borders were closing like quite soon. And they would have more people to support them there because they were alone in Canada. Um But because they did it in such a rush, they like didn't have time to find a place to live, which I also found really interesting. Like, I don't know, like Prince Harry could get a realtor. I I don't know. Like, can you imagine like, who would you contact? Like he probably has no clue. And apparently Tyler Perry. Right? Yes. Which I never know how they use George Clooney's jet. Yeah. Oh, I need to know how Tyler Perry came about. Like, where I'm not like, where did you meet and become friends with him? Because I need to know this story. I think that is the biggest wild card reveal of the night. Like, Tyler Perry let them live in his house and provided them a security detail. Oh my God. Have you guys seen the memes though of like Medea with a gun being yes. like, Taylor Perry yes. security team? Taylor quotes <laughs> that all the time. And like the scene from when she's like counting the, when she's like, you need, you deserve your money, that scene. And Taylor was like doing it the whole night after that. She was like, can you imagine like Tyler, Medea showing up to the house, like the palace, like you owe this. <laughs> yeah, no, Taylor made the joke on Facebook and I cracked up when she said that Medea was a better grandmother than the queen. Yes. <laughs> That is so funny. The next movie is going to be like Medea goes to Buckingham Palace. <laughs> I, I would pay money to watch that. I would pay a lot of money to watch that. Um, but yeah, who had Tyler Perry saving the Royals on their 2021 bingo card? Not me. Not me. One thing that I thought was also interesting that he said one reason why they went to LA was because the media 
had then found out where exactly like their exact location in Canada. Oh, yeah. He was like, so we had to get out because then the borders were going to close there. So this, let me just like the Royal family knows that the media now knows exactly their, their exact location and was like, we're still going to take your security away even though, and they get like death threats. Like I never thought about that. Like they get death threats, but then we saw Hillary Duff's death threat the other day. So I was like, oh, there are crazy, like people, people are doing this. Okay. Hillary Duff's death threat was so funny. So funny. I used to call a death threat funny, but it was like, I'm going to kill your husband, Matthew Coma. And they spelled coma wrong. <laughs> like really, if you're going to like be this invested in killing me, you, you might want to learn how to spell his name. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, Medea saved Megan and Harry that was pretty wild but that guy is super dope and generous like I'm sure I think he is like one of like the most rich people in America and I I I might be making this up but I'm pretty sure like he has like a compound in Atlanta Ethan told me like he has just like tons of land and houses and like a private plane and so like it's not surprising to me that he did that because he has those things so it's super nice of him to put put them up but I would love to know how that came about like who was the connection I need I don't know will we ever find out I'm not sure so yeah flash forward to today we can now understand the need for security, both physically and monetarily, which is why we're seeing these deals be made with Netflix and Spotify and the creation of their R12 foundation for them to continue their service roles and inspire positive cultural change in a more modern way. And have you listened to their podcasts? Are yes. they that? There's only one and it was like the end of the year thing. And it was actually really cool because they like interviewed a whole bunch of people um like Elton John is on it and then there's like a Tyler Perry now that Tyler Perry's on it and I remember thinking that I was like why is Tyler Perry here this is so interesting and now I know um and like but there was like a couple poets and stuff too and like mainly British people because obviously but like and they just like asked them questions and stuff and it was actually really interesting like he and the people recorded themselves answering the questions and it was like some of them talked about like their depression over the past year and everything it's actually really interesting that's the only one out so far Okay, I'm definitely going to go listen to that. I haven't listened to it yet, but I was excited that they were doing that. And I thought it was interesting. Like that is like the more modern way to approach issues going on and you're going to reach a lot more people. So I just thought like it was really nice to see and they've always been this way. Megan was a very like giving person before. And that's kind of what brought them together initially. Like they had the same passion for giving back and contributing into the community and making a difference. So I'm glad to see that the R12 Foundation is still doing that. And they're still like, even so after the Royal family treating them like shit, they are still like, they made this foundation. They're dedicated to like living through these like positive change and aspects um, in their life. And I'm excited to see what they do next. Can we talk about the chickens? Oh my God. Yes. Archie's chick house. Archie, Archie's, Archie's chicken. chicken. Yes. I was mm-hmm. the cutest. Who would have thought Prince Harry literally like. Literally be sitting in like chicken shit. Yes. <laughs> That is wild. The chickens, so I thought were, I was like, they have chickens. Prince Harry is like, do, like dealing with chickens. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm sure baby Archie like is so cute in there, like running around with them. Um, did you see that they gave Oprah some eggs to go? No, but that's 
I love that. When she was standing there, and I didn't notice this until it was like on Twitter after the fact, obviously, but she had she was holding like a carton of eggs and she definitely like brought Archie's chicken eggs home with her. I love it. Thank you. So yeah, those were pretty much all of the reveals. How were you guys feeling after the interview? Did your points of view change one way or another? Did you have thoughts on this interview? being conducted in the first place. A lot of people took issue with that. Let me know. I mean, whenever I see there's going to be like a tell-all interview, my first thought is like, is this going to be tacky? You know, and it's it's Oprah. So I, I was like expecting the best because it's, you know, it's Oprah. But still, you know, my thought is like, is this going to be tacky? Like, I'm shocked that they're coming out and saying something. I'm, I'm here for the tea. But when they started talking, I agreed with Megan. I was like, well, yeah, of course you said something. Like like people like need to know this. And then if you look at the history of people that have left, you know, like Diana and others who have, who have been kicked out, basically, they all do this. And they all say the same thing, that it, they people were more than bullying them. And it was terrible conditions. And... That's why they left. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I was shocked with how much they actually told. I know. And I think Oprah was too. They actually asked Oprah that the next morning on CBS. They like asked her and she, they were like, were you shocked at what she said or at that he told you? And she said, I was shocked that he told me. Like that when, he, especially when he was like, when he was, what about Charles, when he was taking my calls, I was like, oh shit. Okay. We got to the daddy issues. What? Like he, they, they, t- besides, I think besides the one that when they would not say who said the thing about the color of Archie's skin, everything else, they were like 100% going for it. But you could tell like, I thought that Megan was actually more cautious with like talking bad about people. And Harry was like, no, my dad's a dick. Like, I thought that was very interesting too, because he was like, nope, this, cause I think that's probably the first time in his life that he's ever actually been able, able to like say something. Yeah. And I also want to know, like when she asks about his family being trapped and she was like, do they know that they're trapped? And he's like, like, I don't, cause it's, he said it, it took Megan for him to be able to see, like someone had to be like, this and someone's compared it to like a cult like for someone to be like this is not right this is not normal and you can definitely tell he's in therapy because he like called it like the toxic environment and the way he like worded things I was like okay we you're you're good you're doing good here good work Harry I had that in my notes as well (laughs) um I was like he definitely he called them trapped and claimed that he himself was trapped until a lot of this happened and he wasn't able to see until he was able to see how his wife was objectively being treated and putting their jobs over them. Back to my point of this is just a man trying to protect his family. Like Mm -hmm. take away his title, take away the paparazzi, take away the money. At the core of it, at the root of it, this man is doing what is best for his family. And like, I just thought that was so interesting. I think they have so much courage and I don't think it's a crime to protect yourself and your family and you shouldn't be vilified for that. I don't think the Oprah interview was a cry for help or to shame anyone purposefully. That's some other things that I've been reading. I truly believe that they were telling their individual stories and they had the right to do so and they shouldn't be judged for that. Mm -hmm. And on top of all of that, I think that the way that they shared the information, it was shared with respect. Yes. like They weren't looking to drag William or Kate or Charles through the mud. Like, 
yeah, she said Kate made her cry, but she also said Kate apologized. And I have no beef with Kate. Like Kate's a lovely person. She apologized the way that I would apologize to someone. Although I will point out when Oprah was asking about the pictures at Wimbledon and she was like, is it actually what it looked like? Like two sister-in-laws happy or is it? And she, and she was like, I think it's like, there's always something else going on. It's like, or something, Megan said something along those lines. And I was like, wait a sec, but we didn't go back to that, but I was kind of intrigued with that point. But I agree with that when she was like talking about the Kate thing and she was like, and I know she was having like a hard week. It was a really hard week for ever. Like she was, she wasn't saying like Kate did it in the, like, you know what I mean? Like she was uh-huh. definitely, they were doing it very, like you said, respectfully. Yeah. I think they were being really respectful. They weren't looking to drag them through the mud. Like, although William and Harry were once close and now have a lot of space between them, Harry expressed his respect for that he had for his brother and his father, knowing that they can't just leave and pick up like he did. He literally called them trapped and claimed that he himself was trapped until this happened and he was able to see it. And I think it takes a lot of guts to like do that and speak out against what you were with, but like do so in a respectful way. So yeah, that's kind of like what went down with the interview. Um, A lot of people were like, how is the royal family going to respond? Like what, what are British tabloids publishing, like leading up to this to like kind of distract you from Oprah and after it to like kind of condemn the things that they said. And they didn't put out a, an official statement. I actually thought this was quite interesting that it, they took two days to formulate their statement and their statement was like super generic. It was garbage. Um, yeah. It was so generic, but I just thought it was interesting that they took two days and I'm not sure what I think about that is interesting, but like, I would, I would expect like a very like combative, like next day, like we're saddened to hear this, which is what they said. I have it written down what the statement was, but the fact that it was like released on like a Tuesday afternoon, I don't know what the like plan around that was. I feel like it was strategic, but I'm not sure what it was. Yeah, I, I thought the opposite. I said, I was thinking classic because they're so antiquated and like any agency organization, our government, if you go work for them, everything takes five ever. Yeah. So long. Strategy is lost. And that's just basically what they described. Like everything's just so antiquated that when it came out late, I was like, of course it's about right. You guys can't even like tweet something. Like you're just like so behind. So that's why I thought it was late, but you're right. It might be like a strategy thing. I just was like, you guys can't do anything right. I think you're right, Dana. See, this is why I had you on the pod. <laughs> I, I didn't, I was thinking like, what about it? Why is it so late? Like there must be some, but that makes sense. Like the government is fucking slow. Mm-hmm. I also was thinking along the lines of like them kind of being like, it's not important to us. Like we had other things going on to respond to it kind oh. of, but it also was some sort of British holiday on Monday. Oh, was it? Oh. I, Cause I was looking up beforehand, like Buzzfeed was like doing a Kate and William and Queen Elizabeth released statements before um, the interview, because there, it was com- the Commonwealth day was on Monday. So oh. it must have been because of that too. Oh, so yeah, the general generic statement that the, it was from the queen was put out, it said, the whole family is saddened to learn the full extent of how challenging the last few years have been for Harry and Meghan. 
The issues raised, particularly that of race, are concerning. Whilst, whilst, what kind of word is that? Is that a British? Whilst some recollections may vary, they are taken very seriously and will be addressed by the family privately. Privately, Harry, Megan, and Archie will always be much loved family members. Okay, Liz. Yeah, sure. Like, do we think that they'll address the issues privately like they did with Prince Andrew and his Jeffrey Epstein involvement? Like, that is just not touched upon. And I would like to bring that up because that's some shady business. I saw something that just said the tweet that was just like, all Megan had to do is say she didn't want to raise her child around a sex offender and she was fine. Like, that's like, you're good. That's all I'm saying. So, that's pretty much everything that went down. Do you guys have any final words to add? I thought it was, in- I like did my research for this because once again, also just because I'm very, I am very involved with my British family, like the royal family. Like I just love to look to this hot mess. I'm here but for they, it. One of the um, news channels like asked British people in London, like what they thought of it. And I thought it was really interesting because all the young people that they interviewed were all like, yeah, the British press totally and totally demolished them. And what they said about them was racist. And this one person said, I think it was also had to do with the um, British American xenophobia that we have here. And I was like, ooh, okay, interesting. Because she does mention that about her being American. Megan mentions that too. And then it was, they, and there was like a couple old people and this one old guy, they were like, they shouldn't have done that, blah, blah, blah. The, the, the crown can do no wrong. But he was like so serious too. He was like, the crown can do no wrong. The crown can't be racist. When have you ever heard of the crown being racist? I'm like, bitch, they literally colonized people. Like, that's <laughs> like, like they just controlled people's lives. Like t- still do like what? But he was so, it was like creepy actually how like he really, like, it was like very like robotic. Yes, like very much so like how he, like that's what he was taught, taught and believed his whole entire life. So it's very interesting to me like, I just thought that was interesting to see their reaction to it. Cause like, I know how Americans are feeling about it. Would we trade their monarchy for our fucked up government? No, because they don't actually control anything. Like our government, like actually maybe cause they control, they don't control anything. They have no power. Really. The parliament still has all the power there. Yeah. I don't know. However you feel about the Royal family. I hope you now have a little bit of background <laughs> have an educated conversation about it as opposed to just opinion or tabloid like my biggest pet peeve when it comes to this and in general is when someone says they don't like something or someone and then I press why and then they say but I don't know enough about the situation if you don't know enough about the situation don't be running your mouth that's all I have to say yeah it's kind of like how people are saying oh she has no reason to be suicidal like You don't get to have an opinion on someone else being suicidal. That's not subjective to you. That is an objective thing. You do not have an opinion. Like how many celebrities have overdosed, killed themselves, like go to rehab constantly, have mental health breakdowns, and they have more money than you could ever imagine. Like Mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with what you have. Mm -hmm. So- I'm really looking forward to what's coming next from these two. Me too. What they've been through. It's so nice to see Harry supporting his wife first and foremost. Oh, this is what I was getting back to when you brought up therapy, Cassidy. Like the number of times that he stated that he needed help and he needed support. Like, I think it's really rare to see men, especially men in power, admit that they need help from others. 
Mm-hmm. And I like think that Dana, you made an eyebrow. Do you disagree? No, I was just thinking about the fact that I heard them. She said that she didn't come out and say that she was suicidal because she was embarrassed and that he then Oprah asked, well, why didn't you come out and say that your wife was suicidal? And he also said that he was embarrassed. Yeah. At first I heard that and I was like, yeah. And then I was like, you know what? I appreciate your honesty. Yeah, no, I appreciated the honesty. I think a lot of people are afraid to come out and say, and ask for help. I think that was huge that they did say that. People be like, oh, it's okay now. Like, yeah. So I was just thinking that that's my eyebrow went up. I was, I had a thought. Yes. Also, my eyebrow has a mind of its own. Yeah. So I just thought that it took a lot of courage to share that. And I truly believe that his mother is like proudly looking down on him and his family. Like he handled this the best way that he could. And he's ultimately just protecting his family. Mm-hmm. And so- I can't wait for baby Diana to be born. Oh my God. Can we imagine? What is that? What is that royal baby's name going to be? I think it's got to be something with a D. It's got to start with a D because we have Diana and Doria is her mother's name. It's also going to be really interesting when that baby is born because it will be the first royal baby that's not born at that hospital. Oh. Even though he's not, they're not technically royal because they're not given titles, but. Yeah, what's that? Oh, I guess they live in Santa Barbara. So it'll be somewhere in Santa Barbara. I was thinking of the the LA hospital that we always hear about, but I'm just thinking how like Kim Kardashian had her baby the same in the same place that like Meghan Markle is gonna have a royal baby that's not actually royal because it has no title. There's royal blood. So yeah, as we close, I'm gonna leave you with some excellent parting words, obviously taken from Twitter. Once again, America will defeat the British monarchy by spilling tea. I hope you move through life with the power of Oprah's circle back skills. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Until next time. Thanks for letting me talk about this because no one else talks about it with me. I had so much fun.